to Silly Point, a cricket podcast, trying not to focus on the Australian cricket team woes, but that's basically what happens. I'm joined once again by Reese Meeky Meekins. How are you going, buddy? I am well, thank you, Brendan. That's a good, yep, that's very polite. That's You're welcome. <laughs> and Michael Bate. G'day, Brendan. How you doing? I'm very well. So... It's been about twelve months since we've uh, since we potted. Well, basically, it's been an off season since we potted, and um, we finished up last year at the end of the South African series with the nothing happened, nothing eventful <laughs> yeah. happened in that series. Yeah, that's not elite honesty, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And we've we've basically like much of the uh, cricket supporting crowd and not really paid much attention to what's happened in the last eight months um and we've been thrust into a summer of cricket that sort of just appeared at our doorstep and everybody forgot to buy tickets to the first game <laughs> um but on the back of that we've had a integrity review or a cricket australia board charter review we've had a couple of people stand down and we've had some dismal performances um, across all forms of the game. Indeed, we have. We've had some truly, truly dismal performances. <clears throat> it's really... We go back to... when. Let's not even talk about <laughs> Cape Town. But we go back to a really hard-fought, meaningful T20 international tri-series against Zimbabwe and <laughs> Pakistan, where we yielded... <laughs> We made the final. We made the final. Which we, is pretty good. We yielded three victories, one against Pakistan, two against the West Indies, which was good, but we lost that series. We then lost a five ODI series against England, which a lot of people were questioning, saying this is a meaningful ODI series in the middle of an Australian winter, but forgetting, of course, that it's five ODIs 12 months out from a World Cup at World Cup venues, and we did well in that Losing that five. In <laughs> I mean, England are historically a really good one-day international team, though, aren't they? Like, they've been a really good one-day international team for a long time. They've got a lot of World Cups. <laughs> so it's tough to go there. And no. is it? I mean, it's interesting. Like three or four years ago, we had the ICC basically come out and said we want Australia, South Africa, India and England to play each other once a year in some format or another. Now, we had the last test series against South Africa, very eventful. And basically, it, it doesn't really seem like from an Australian cricket supporter that much has happened over the last... Um, since, since, since Cape Town. And then we're thrust into a one-day series against South Africa. Now... For better or worse, that that certainly has a little bit of spice to it, right? Do you think? But but also, Australia aren't in any position to compete, really. Or at least it seems that way because we've. If anybody watched the first ODI, there was. Did anybody watch the first? <laughs> yeah. For the twenty-two thousand people who watched the first ODI, I think there were more people in the UAE watching the test series. Um, we had yeah. We have a, um, a one-day side that's lost 17 of the past 19 ODIs. Mm -hmm. Now, whilst I don't really care about one-day cricket too much, 
is certainly a, a bit of an indicator on how the Australian cricket teams do it. Yeah, it used to be the thing that Australia was elite at was winning one-day internationals, mm. and now all we're elite at is honesty, apparently. <laughs> Looking another man or woman or podcaster in the eye and telling them how it is. I don't like this staring at me. Please stop that. It's very disconcerting. I'm sorry. There I'll is definitely a, um, a culture issue. There was clearly one before, which they have tried to rectify through some bans. But now there is, there seems to be this loss of Australian cricketing identity at the moment where it's a, this sort of a rollover nature and we've seen it in, we've seen it creeping in anyway where there's been a few, and it's it's sad to say that it's the team has basically based its performance off David Warner and Steve Smith over the past three or four seasons. But given that they're gone, we were relatively successful when they're in the side and now it is very dismal. Do we see do you see Steve Smith and, and outside of the review there were there was talk that the bands might be reduced and that was quickly um, snubbed out. But do you see any of a bright side for the Australian cricket team without <laughs> without let's at least Steve Smith. I mean Dave Warner might be one that he might have to fight for his position in the side a little bit more than Steve Smith, I think. There's, there's a lot to kind of unpack around both the test performances and the, and the start to the, the home summer in the ODI, but you really picked up, Brendan, on the lack of mongrel about this team, that they're just, it's almost in an effort to be sporting and nice that somehow the, the dial's been wound in the exact opposite direction and... Other than, you know, quote-unquote controversially running out some slack Pakistani batsmen, these guys just... This team doesn't seem as though it has a hard edge about it. You've got an ODI against the side that there was so much animosity and tension in the Test Series that was realistically only seven months ago, and yet it was in front of a half-empty stadium... Australia put in a piss week performance and just didn't look at all ferocious. So whether you've got the best batsman or you know, arguably the best batsman, maybe second best behind Coley in the side or not, they just seem to lack a bit of killer instinct. It is a bit of a it's a bit of a comment that the most killer instinct move that they've made is running a guy out who didn't realise it hadn't <laughs> gone to yeah. hadn't gone to the boundary. There is a there's also the series before that Pakistan and Australia played and in Brisbane where we were meandering towards a draw. It was the last over of the day or something, and Steve Smith managed to run Yassir Shah out mm. whilst he was batting out of his crease mm. on the last day. Mm. Did you? I kind of hated that run out in the UAE. Because mm. part of me was like, "You're getting flogged," and uh, some good. Like I get that there's a there's a level of professionalism, but it kind of aggravated me. Only, but basically because of how poor the Australian cricket team has been playing. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with that run out. I thought if you if you're not gonna bother to check that the ball's gone for four. You deserve to be run out. It's kind of arrogant to be like, oh, it's gone. Oh, it's complacency. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the fact that they've hit so many falls against that <laughs> bowling side. The, uh, that yeah. that ball looked like it should have gone for four. Like it was yeah. racing away. I don't know how yeah. it didn't go for four, mm. but 
Yeah, I, I, that basically I, sums up. I feel like <laughs> that little play in itself sums up where the Australian cricket team is yeah. at. It's it's going to take luck for them to turn their fortunes around. Mm. So we're on the back of the first ODI versus South Africa at Perth, which after last season against uh, England at the same venue, sort of played very similarly in that Australia struggled batting first and um, the following, the second innings did seem a little bit easier. Mm. Do we think, uh, what's the feeling about the Perth, the Optus Stadium pitch? I feel, I think they've rushed it. And, and there was a little bit of this at Adelaide when they went to drop in pitches. Um, is it going to take some time? And, and let's, we've got a, we've got a test match coming up in five weeks there. Mm. Do we think it's going to be a competitive test match there or not? I really don't know. It's really hard to say. It could just be a bit of a road really, mm. or maybe they'll go too far the other way and try and get a, a result wicket. They were kind of talking of the commentators on, on Foxtel because it's not on free to air. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about how it was sort of looking a bit like a whacker pitch. It was bouncing high and going through quite quickly and carrying well. But it was so, for a different reason, right? It was a bit of a grass stop that it was... Uh, a little bit. I, I think it was still quite hard, though. Um, plus, you've got two new white balls, so yeah. that, that helps with that as well. I just feel that they've had... We've had a season of big bash on that on those wickets. So they've had maybe four short, short form games that they've had to prepare for and two ODIs that the test match, it could be one of those ones that it's like, you get a little written warning from the ICC going, you've been bad boys. (laughs) It's it's a really interesting question because it's not as though they've played a couple of shield games there to trial it. Um, It's a complete unknown as to what the curators are going to be able to serve up. They've been running these practice wickets in the middle of Gloucester Park for sort of two years or so, but haven't had that opportunity to expose it to four or five days worth of actual cricket. So who knows? I think you're right, Brendan. It could go one of two ways. Either they're too cautious and you end up with a road, or it could be seriously volatile and those tickets that I've got for day four against India might not be looking too good. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that they might end up trying to make it a road, but will Australia even be able to get <laughs> to a fourth day on a road? Because Well, Coley will bat for three of those four days. <laughs> yeah. so. we, 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 are we going to see a Lara-esque <laughs> Matthew Hayden-esque yeah. at, the, at the Wacker. But this is probably <laughs> the fascinating thing is you look at, at this Australian side and the tumultuous away season that they've had and think well at least we've got a home season against India you've got guys like Sean and Mitch Marsh who haven't done too well away but are expected to perform better at home and particularly based on their their recent shield form but then you've got a guy called Coley who could bat for three days by himself well and you have a bunch of guys in that Indian side that are smashing out 180 in one day tournaments so Mm -hmm. The pitch might go for four days, but they might not need to. Mm. I mean, we might have India coming out and just scoring a bajillion runs. And this almost goes for every... What are we playing? Brisbane, Perth, Melbourne, and SCG? So, India have got Adelaide, Perth, 
Melbourne yeah. SCG, and then Sri Lanka <coughs> is uh, the Gabba and uh, Canberra. So we have basically a row. We we have. Adelaide, which is notorious for scoring runs. Yep. Mm. We have MCG, which has been a bit lifeless over the... <coughs> have we have we had was, more draws there? It was the there one than, draw last summer yeah. that yep. England managed to get. Yeah. Um, and SCG also is a bit lifeless. So we've got potentially... We've got the most lifeless pitches against a batting side that does really well <laughs> on pitches that are lifeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it could be very dangerous for Australia coming into the summer. I don't know, okay. Yeah, I I can't see too much um, positivity in terms of results for Australia this summer. I'm sad to say. Yeah, and also <laughs> with a with a fast bowling lineup that is exceptionally good, but is not known for its durability. So the probably the worry there is that we get to the third test and you've got the likes of Stark and Cummins breaking down. And you know, maybe the series is over when we get to the SCG mm. um, come January. Well, you don't even need that. The, whilst the bowling lineup is really good, they do it on pitches that, uh, like that facilitate fast bowling. Mm. If you take away the fast bowling pitch, they haven't. There's not that often that because Stark has done nothing on international tours in mm. Asia. Mm. So if we're to compare the pitches in Australia, the most likely most. Um, similar to Asian pitches, it's Melbourne and Sydney, mm. and even, even Adelaide. I mean, we've had result, we've had amazing results at Adelaide, but they've come on the fifth day once it starts to turn. Mm. Mm. Well, and Adelaide's the interesting one this year too, because it's not going to be a day-night test. So it's the first time in, what are we now, three seasons yeah. that it'll be a day game. Yep. So that adds another element of uncertainty to it. Mm. Which was an interesting one in the lead up to that because a lot of people were critical of the BCCI for, for not wanting to back in the, uh, the day-night test in Adelaide. But forgetting, of course, that that has traditionally been quite a good ground. And when I say traditionally, the last two series has yielded results for India. Mm-hmm. So why on earth would they want to give up that sort of advantage? Well, and, and even as a touring side, that's the one you, you have Brisbane, Perth, traditionally bouncy Fast wickets mm. go to Adelaide. Mm. Slower can score runs on it, so it's one that they don't want to take away. And then it's mm. sort of—I mean—they've they set the Ashes series up for those five grounds, mm. and they set it up that way to try and make it as interesting as possible. Mm. So they give the advantage to Australia with the first two, yep. and then hope you know, and then yeah, you, know, we, you, you get on top, and you have to play from you know. Uh, with a bit of a handicap, so it's it's no surprise that India went nah. Mm. And the first test is is at Adelaide this summer, which is going to be they could very well be one nil up mm. very yeah. easily. And that's another. It's a really strange summer actually when you think about it. There's a lot of different elements there. First time in a few years we don't have that day nighter. The Gabba losing the first test, um, which has been a bit of a fortress. So it's, yeah, it's it's the worst situation for Fox though. Well, you yes. mentioned it a, a little bit earlier on that it's first time in Australian history that it hasn't been free to wear or maybe once before. I think there was a bit of a uproar um, a little while ago. It was, it was around about the 2005 Ashes series that they were talking about doing it again, mm-hmm. but then it got yep. through on national importance. Yep. Um, so the tests will be free to wear. They will they be. have to be free to wear. Yeah. Um, I don't think the the one dayers are at all though. 
No, no it's like just the big bash, some of the big bash. Yeah, it's the majority and of something big else. bash matches. So yeah, for, for anyone who's following one particular team, uh, I think you're looking at probably 80 to 85% of your team's matches are guaranteed. Now that'll vary team by team, of course, but it's about 85% of them are gonna be free to wear. So maybe three games per side uh, run the risk of not being free to wear, which I think for the big bash is probably okay. Um, but for ODIs, for a format that's sort of struggling a little bit, um, it's a very strange move from Cricket Australia. And whilst obviously money talks, is that going to be to the detriment of the game or that form of the game in the long term? Well, you will certainly have Foxtel will put their foot down about making it more exciting. or But they have no... Because they've, they've been known to do it with other other forms of the game within Australia for anybody who's listening that's from international uh, mm. uh, they do push their weight around they're a big deal in Australia yep. so they will start to mm. try and throw their weight around I mean there's, is Foxtel I mean there is a Channel 9 connection with the Packers having invested in it early but it's Rupert Murdoch um yeah, I think they u- they usually partner with Seven, don't they? Or do they just kind of partner with anybody? That- partner with whomever. So yeah. it is uh, it is Murdoch backed. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Back in the day, there was a there was a bit of Packer involvement, possibly, which gives it a little bit of an interesting tinge with the the fact that they're investing in cricket for the first time domestically. Mm. That they might try and throw their weight around. For no joy, because the BCCI has all the power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. You can certainly see them having an influence in the way Big Bash is scheduled. Now, the rules and things like that, not so much. It'll, you know, it'll generally you would expect follow T Twenty international rules, but certainly around scheduling, expansion teams, and things like that. But I think you're right. There's not a lot of levers they can pull internationally with uh, with ODIs. Um, but it's just a bit of a shame for the format in Australia. It is traditionally a format we've done well in, uh, you know, World Cup title holders, albeit struggling a bit at the moment, but very hard to generate national interest in it. And especially this this summer, to, to spring an ODI, and I suppose in parochial defence of the West Australian crowd, kind of spring an ODI in the first week of November, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of context to it, just seems very unusual. And for give, us, people, give us the usual pity fuck game. Yeah. <laughs> game four of a five-game series. Yeah, back end of January, yeah. Feb, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when we're used to having the one. Yeah. yeah, it's usually that first or second week of February. Everyone's still in a good mood from Christmas. Get on the gas and go down <laughs> to the water. <laughs> it really is back. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues that Cricket Australia are going to have to deal with. Um, on the back of signing a massive, uh, uh, this whole saga basically started with the players' um, new player agreement that happened middle of last year, mm. which was resolved just prior to the summer of cricket happening, um, which is surely on the back of the South African series signing over to Foxtel there this isn't the end of the administrative issues that oh no it's been very (laughs) Mark Taylor coming out Mark Taylor resigned today Mm -hmm. yep Um, yeah yesterday today yesterday um, saying he hopes it ends with him Mm. no way (laughs) no No way Tubby this is going they've all got to go yeah come on I mean and that was that was the basically at the end of that South African series 
all of them, James Sutherland stuck around for like a weird amount of time. I mean, mm. Lehman resigned. He said he wasn't going to resign and then he did resign. Sign, yeah, because yeah. he realised he had to go. Yeah. I mean, the, Sutherland should have done the same. There should have been a whole corporate clean out and, at that and stage. Peaver kind of did the same thing as well. He sort of hit what he got re-elected and then a week later he's, he's yeah. gone. And yeah. even to announce the the ethics center review findings and not immediately resign mm. sort of stuck around for two to three days and thought maybe i can weather this <laughs> and then mm, maybe not yeah but there's a lot about it that seems very unusual that the fact that that broadcast agreement was announced during the winter in australia where eyes are elsewhere i suspect a lot of people and i count myself in that boat were a bit surprised on saturday when they realized they checked the tv guide that the cricket wasn't going to be on <laughs> on sunday everyone's sort of frantically signing up for foxtel over the weekend um, but then also for cricket australia to release that ethics center review should we just go back to signing up for foxtel of there is no limit to how many gmail accounts oh, you yeah. have. <laughs> anybody yeah. who's yeah. out there yeah yeah and if you have a different <laughs> different gmail account it is still a bit of a nightmare grace can talk yep. you through it if you you can uh him yeah, up we're, on. You, we're not endorsing this no no if you send us a dm to at silly point potty um uh, look i'm sure there's one of my on reese meekins 305 at gmail.com um please don't it's please fuck don't look at me out <laughs> yeah. yeah it should be on free to air rest yeah. assured i, I don't want to watch it and i watched about yeah maybe 20 and i don't want to have to Pay. But I, I don't want you to shit. have to pay to yeah. for me to watch it. <laughs> um, it's like this. I mean, if you're listening to this, <laughs> like it's okay. Like you might have it if there's nothing else to listen to. <laughs> but if we asked you to pay for it, would you pay for it? If you would, I'll DM Reese and we'll, yeah. we'll send out the, we'll send the out Patreon. Account. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we had a Patreon. <laughs> this this podcast is the cricketing equivalent of being what like. Two for six of about ten overs <laughs> at Optus Stadium. And then in you, Perth. you don't review an LBW that's bouncing way yeah. over the top. You are the only bloke who's capable of scoring <laughs> runs. When is, there, is that because Aaron Finch is just like I'm not fat and I'm a little bit taller than I am? Or? I think so. Yeah, he's yeah. got that Napoleon complex. <laughs> yeah. For a while, I was like, do, does Foxtel like not have the technology to? Do the review? Like, yeah. <laughs> Are we in an Indian situation here yeah. where they've said there's no DRS, we don't like it? It was very strange. That was a very odd one to not review. Especially when, but I suppose Mark War, when Travis Head got out, he was like, oh, that's the one, he's going to hit that for four. And then it's like, no. <laughs> Edge behind. So we have, <laughs> when's the next ODI? It's on Friday. So, and we've had, who have we had? We've had someone brought into the squad. Yeah, Ben McDermott for... Sean Marsh, he's there to cover Sean Marsh's ass, <laughs> literally. That's now, Reese, you know a lot about Sean Marsh's anatomy. What I can do. you tell us about it? He has an abscess. <laughs> I don't know how you get an abscess in your buttock region, and I don't really know how you operate on it. Well, I'm sure you just cut it just out. Cut it's it out. like a weird... It's like just pus or something, isn't um, it? Yeah. I mean, that is the greatest example of elite honesty, isn't it? <laughs> like, Sean Marsh has withdrawn due to illness. Hey, guys, I've got a thing on my bunch of, He's got a bunch of pus in his butt. Yeah. <laughs> Cricket Australia demonstrating the values that are on the changing wall. Yeah, there was some pressure in that abscess on his butt, and they've popped it. 
and now he can't play cricket for a little while. But yeah, Benny McDermott, he did well in the JLT Cup. He's somehow related to Craig McDermott. I don't, I don't know if he's a son or nephew, perhaps, possibly. Mm. But he's a bit of a bit of a jet. He's a bit of a Darcy Short. So, oh, Darcy Dar- Short did well on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, Darcy Short, big bash last year, or Darcy Short last weekend. Darcy Short, uh, what, what was his world record or Australian record ODI score? I like to think of him as that. Oh, sorry, not ODI. Uh, JLT, yeah. yeah. So we have. I think we're we're sort of uh, predicting the merry-go-round of selections that are going to happen in the next two ODIs and subsequent T20s prior to the first Test match. Yeah, have we given up on this ODI series? Oh yeah, at this oh, point it's going to be five nil. Yep. <coughs> Is it even five? <laughs> Three. <laughs> it will be so bad. <laughs> well, we've got set, set current rankings. South Africa are third. Which is also awful, mm. but Australia are fifth, so it's, it is kind of irrelevant. Mm. We have two sides that are struggling. We have a we have South Africa without Amla. Yeah. Um, no De Villiers forever and a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's going to fuck up a run out in the next World Cup? Though? Uh, That's what I want. Someone will. We'll someone find a will. way. I'm sure Australia will find a way. <laughs> so we're we're giving up on this, right? Like Ben McDermott comes in, but. Oh, it's not going to make any difference. None's going to happen. ODI's cooked. Yeah. Who do we bring in? Who Who is the uh, the first 11 for the first test match, Adelaide? Um, what are we... Well, okay, so what? who do we think is in? Who do you think is definitely in? Like Finch? Well, the bowlers pick themselves, obviously. Yep. Lyon, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood. Yep. Tim Payne's in. Yep. Uh, Finch probably gets another crack. Yep, he did. I think he did well enough. Assuming Kawaja's fit, he's Kawaja in. will be there. Yep. Does Kawaja open? No. No? I think Kawaja's through. Through? Yep. Okay. Marsh Brothers, are they definites? I think they're definites. Yep. How long does it take to heal an <laughs> abscess in your <laughs> Bartok region? I don't know. Is Sean Marsh just looking for reasons to get dropped from the Australian cricketing side at the moment now? Yeah, that, possibly. That is one of the weirder ones. Other than Sean Akhtar having uh, genital, genital warts, I yeah. think, was maybe the one that he got out with. Sean Marsh saw the writing on the wall on Sunday on, and it said, Elite Honesty. And yeah. he said, well, I can't be doing this. Do we have Lubber Shugney? No. If you can't pronounce your name, then you can't be in the side. How do you pronounce it? I've no idea. I think it's Lavashane. It is. And I was on Lavashane is the acceptable Australian Australian pronunciation. I don't know what the Afrikaans. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure it's Lavashane. Okay. Yeah. Well, Um, yeah. No, he's not. Who comes in? Are we? uh, And are we keeping Travis Head? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. That's not my yeah. yeah, why not? Let's why fill not? one posse first. Who Let's comes fill in? one abscess first. <laughs> well, I feel like well, both of them did okay. They both got wickets in runs. Well, Lover Shogni got wickets. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about. Oh yeah, don't Yeah, yeah, he got yeah. some wickets. He got wickets. But, but, but do we got... have an issue with there being plenty of? All rounders to come yeah. in. We need I mean, he, was as a, yeah. he was picked as a batsman and then took wickets. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and 
he was part of the stupidest run out that Justin Langer had ever seen <laughs> for all of 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't mind saying to him, you know, you, you're a smoky for Sydney on the turning wicket to have a, you know, a guy who can bowl and spin and bat. But I think for Adelaide, is this head? For, this is uh, Labuschagne. What about a guy who takes the best catch at short leg you've ever seen in your life? Just sub him in as a as a specialist yes. short leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've done that before. Yeah. Yep, he stays in <laughs> yep. the best twelve. <laughs> uh, so if Kawaj is batting three, we need an opener. So are we going Marcus Harris? <laughs> I mean, I've. I'm sitting oh, yeah. here quietly smiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me just yeah. throw some more names at you then. Alex yeah. Doolan. Um, Joe Burns. Joseph nope. Burns. No. Nope. Uh, Curtis Patterson. Nope. Nah. All right. Do we throw Sean Marsh off at the top of the order? Well, well maybe. Yeah, he's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. That's an interesting question, actually. That's a really interesting question because you've got a guy... Marsh, if he is in form, can theoretically bat anywhere from opener to six. Um, Kawaja, open three or four. So there's a lot of flexibility. You don't have to pick an opener to come into that side. I think we've got, we've got bigger issues at three. So I think we need to set Kawaja's done well at three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So leave him at three. So I'm having to scroll a worryingly long way to reach the name that I think you guys want me to say. Let me just say that Michael Nisa, who is a bowler, is above Matthew Renshaw on this list of <laughs> shield run scorers oh so far. <laughs> don't, don't befuddle us with elite honesty <laughs> statistics, Michael. This is an opinion-based program. Uh, but yeah, Renshaw, I mean, he lost his place because he got injured. He's yep. the incumbent, I suppose. Yep, he's done well in this. What is now, I'm loving <laughs> this new annual Sheffield Shield shootout. Yeah. Like we're, we're one round out from the test side and it's just a shootout of runs to see who's going to make it. L- last year I was like, this is a lot of fun. This year I'm like, oh, this is a bit sad. This it's, 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 it's horrible <laughs> given that We've generally been blessed with a, an abundance of fast bowlers that you can go like, yep, they come in. Yeah. We don't seem to have that at the moment with bowlers. We have some okay bowlers that are rolling around. But the talk is that we have a lot of batsmen. I really don't I think, don't we, think do. we do. We've no. got a lot of like decent shield batsmen, but I just don't see them being test. Well, I mean, maybe they will be one day, but at the moment they're all kind of young decent players but well we have yeah. warning talking on the weekend saying that we should pick josh philippi yeah i i don't but warning definitely known for tweeting a best 11 <laughs> yeah, and then realizing yeah. that he, half of them are retired or <laughs> his, old, his old drinking buddies uh, warning um, you're Wicketkeeper has been dead for over 100 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> so you can't really, you can't trust him. No, I, um, I don't mind the idea of... You can't trust him as point, far as you can Twitter him. No, probably not now. I'd love to see Renshaw back in there, but if you're looking at picking on form, maybe it's time to give Marcus Harris a go. He's making a pile of runs. Um, maybe he's hitting his straps and it's time for him to step up. Mm-hmm. Do I, I, I just feel there's a lot of talk about how um, in the first ODI with starting with the the 
ongoing theme of what they're going to push and Warnie seems to be about picking test players to play tests and only having them playing test matches. I feel like Renshaw is one of those guys. I feel mm. like Kawaja was always one of those guys and he's finally, you know, he's, he's getting his moment where it's like, oh, yeah, he's actually a good player. He's yeah, it's like he's always been a good player. Yeah. So I feel like Renshaw is that kind of, if we pick him, we could have an opening batsman for 10 years. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I've always really liked Matty Renshaw. I think he's a, he's a very, very good option. And I think in combination with Finch, mm. Finch is going to be the aggressor there and Renshaw can... And I think we yep. can find that aggressive guy to mm. replace... Because we, we always need that. There's something ingrained in the Australian opening mm. attack that mm. needs someone who's going to attack. Yep. But I think... We also need that anchor. And given that we've, we have these issues in the middle order, we need more anchors than we do attacking batsmen. Yeah. Yep. So we've got that a lot. We've got Finch, Renshaw, Kawaja, S. Marsh at four. Yeah, probably Sean Marsh. And then uh, Travis Head coming in at five. Well, do we want to consider some other options for that middle order spot over Travis Head? I think he did pretty well, but we've also got uh, young Jake Lehman. So Jake, we can have yeah. a, a Lehman the in the team. I think I'd still prefer at this point to see Head over Lehman. What about, and bear with me, I know that we love this guy, Matthew Wade as a specialist batsman. Oh, yes. What do you think? Well, we talked about a lack of mongrel. Yeah, we yeah, need yeah. some. <laughs> Matty Wade on first slip. Yes, done. <laughs> you know what? I never, never thought I'd see the day. But yeah, bring him back. There, there is a, also a little guy called uh, Glenn Maxwell who seems mm. to have been... <clears throat> forgotten. Forgotten, who is almost a cut that Travis said is almost exactly the same player as... Yeah, just mm. a, a right-handed version of Travis Head, really. Mm. And we probably do need a few more right-handers in this team. Yeah. And, and someone who brings some energy to the field. You need yeah. someone mm. on that mid-off to really... Uh, you know, I did more cover region just to to get to make you think, oh, maybe I'm going to get run out. Which yeah. Dave Warner seems to have, he seems to have had that 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 um, that position, but mm. very rarely ran anybody out. Mm. Um, I would agree. Well, I had the same opinion up until Maxwell spooned that catch on Sunday. And respecting that he may well have been batting with a broken thumb at that point, it just, it was a pretty soft way to get out. And thought for that situation in the game, Maxwell was filthy, thought that, I think he thought that the catch had been grassed, mm -hmm. but it was just a bit of a nothing shot. I mean, is that what either that ODI or test lineup needs in the middle order? Maybe no. not. No, but I don't think that any of these batsmen are. Uh, not ca you know like they are all capable of doing that exact yep. thing plus there's a lack of leadership i think that's mm. the the big thing that's missing now is that we there's nobody who's going to really lead the side he could be mm. he could be that guy that sits there and is just he's not captain he's not vice captain but he's got a lot of experience he's what 30 30 now we yeah, close to yeah yeah so he's got a lot of experience. He's probably a good good guy to have in that side. Played a lot of cricket. Mm -hmm. Played a lot against the against um, a lot of the Indian Indians players with IPL. best mates with Coley. Or well, was up best until mates. a point. Yeah. Um, 
So I think I, I think there's a little bit we will see Maxwell in that test side. Yeah, look, yeah. you're talking me round. Mm. The only other name that I wanted to throw out there was uh, Petey Hanscom. Yeah, yeah. Has he fixed his technique enough? Is <laughs> <laughs> he not bashing on top of yeah. his stumps anymore? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's just off the back of a, a very good innings for Victoria, so... Yeah, yeah he's done all right. Yep. It's always an option, but... Yeah, I don't know. You've kind of talked me into Glenn Maxwell. Just, I just want to see the Maxwell experiment actually in Australia because we haven't yeah. seen him play. Yeah, it's a good a point test you, in Australia. Yeah, he he kind of just gets thrust into it. Mm. It's you know we desperately need a fix on some sort of dog of a wicket over in the middle of nowhere overseas, and Maxwell kind of gets thrown in. It's like, oh, well, there you go, mate. You need to bat patiently and score three hundred runs to save a test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's interesting because of the the UAE series he sort of seemed like the guy that was going to go and then they had John Holland who went and, and his time's passed I think yeah he seems to do well in the shield but never yeah. does that much I mean he's also in and out of the team but I think in Australia two spinners you don't need him do you no I think I'm back in Maxwell I think Maxwell's the guy. All right. As much as I hate it, but there's almost a comment on <laughs> on where we're at. Desperate times. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Is, that, is that the consensus I of this podcast? So. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Finch, Renshaw, Kawaja, S. Marsh, G. Maxwell, M. Marsh, Payne Train, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon. Yeah. Lock That's it in. It. Lock it in. Levishane, Levishagni, 12th man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, well, I think we're done. Out. So, think... yeah, we've got Cricket Australia board, or are we just selectors? What do you reckon? The positions are open. Oh, oh well, who wants it? Fucking who knows? Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not right. bite off more than we can chew. <laughs> all right, let's One see how. At a time. Let's <laughs> wait until they've all quit before we start filling their positions. I think. Fair enough. Um, I think. I don't know. Do you have anything more? I think no, not really. No. Yeah, no, let's ease right into it. I think. Yeah, yeah. This is like. The surprise ODI. Yeah, yeah no one's going to listen to this because they won't even know. No, that yeah. it's... no, no, they won't. They won't have a clue. <laughs> and, and that we put it behind a Patreon paywall, so <laughs> no one's going to listen to it. <laughs> we haven't actually. Yeah, it's Just, free. yeah, it is. It is free and will always be free until we get to get bigger, <laughs> bigger than Jeebus, and then we'll start paying. You'll have to start paying for it. Um, so you've been listening to Silly Point. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Silly Point Podcast, on mm. Twitter. Silly Point Poddy. Silly Point Poddy. Um, we still haven't got the Snapchat because the, the <laughs> race is still not, you know, he, he doesn't want to snap his depressing photos of him watching uh, ODIs <laughs> in his undies on the couch but that, that might happen before the end of the summer I've got some photos of Sean Marsh's abscess that I can stand back to people if they want um, give us a like give us a review um, tell your mates tell your mum thank you very much guys it's been a it's, it's been an easy transition it's good to be back yeah, it is nice. Yeah. It's not quite as cold as I'm used to it being in this yeah, room. Yeah, it's pretty warm in the yeah. coldest living room in West Perth. It's an early start to the season. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
down the 